Well, good morning again, and uh, glad to have you back for our second part of our series. I want to say yes, but uh, last week we looked at the idea that sometimes you and I want to say yes, but when we look at our time and we look at our finances, there just is no way for you and I to plug in. We feel that way, and we talked about that a little bit. Uh, we talked about uh, Bar- Barnabas and uh, how his original name was uh, Joseph, and we don't really know that, but his name, go, he goes by Barnabas, uh, and he was an encourager, and that means take courage, and we also saw from his life that when it came to him getting involved in the purposes of God and making a difference, that uh, he actually put his time and his finances, uh, in a sense, where his mouth was, and uh, he had a great effect, and later on we see that he and Paul are in the same area serving together, and their life had such ripple effects that that's in Antioch is where they started to call Christ followers Christians, and Christians means little Christ because they were demonstrating, so that that is uh, pretty amazing. So this morning we're going to take a look at I want to say yes, but I don't know what to do, and sometimes you and I get into this place and we're feeling that, man, I need to do something, I need to... Uh, you know, put myself out there, and uh, I just have no idea what to do. But the reality is, uh, God has shown you what to do. You may go, how is that possible, Dave? I have no idea. Uh, But the real reason or the real thought behind that is God is going to use who he has made you to be. And uh, God has made each of us a little differently, and who we are. And that's where our doing comes from. It comes from our being. As we get to know ourselves, as we know how God's wired us, as we see that, we can easily see where we can plug in and where we can give our life away, where we can say, yes, but we don't have a but, because we know who we are, and then we take inventory of our life, and we start to figure that out. Uh, last week we showed this that uh, Sean Stevenson says uh, one of our that, that we never get off our butts that that's an excuse. We talked a little bit about that last week about that uh, guest preacher down south. So you can go back if you didn't see that and and get an idea about that. But but it's we have these butts, these excuses, these reasons. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's time and finances, money. Uh, sometimes it's we just do not know what to do. But this morning, we're going to really see that God has wired us, and it should be not rocket science to figure out how we should, in a sense, give our life away, how we should demonstrate what it's like to be little Christ, Christians. And uh, all of us have a skill, and all of us have an ability. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, some of you are, but I wasn't allowed to stay up this late back in the day. Uh, David Letterman used to have this uh, little... uh, episode kind of thing called stupid human tricks and you'd see all these abilities that you couldn't believe and somehow they were able to do these things now when i show some of these to you i'm not i am putting the biggest disclaimer out there do not try this in your home okay so do not do these things but you can actually see how these people have discovered these unique things about themselves and then they actually live them out they live out their shape they uh, live out of their sweet spot by their abilities. So let's look just at a couple of those. You're just, you're just going to dive on the milk? Correct, yeah. With, with, with I like cannonball. Going in with your butt or your stomach? My feet. Going in with your feet. feet. Right. And then, then what happens? Then it explodes and I bounce. It's pretty cool. Dramatic, he's going to cannonball the milk. Look out, I'll be over here. 
Tom McBeth from uh, Medford, New Massachusetts. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Don't get hurt. Now there's a special gift of this. I'm going to warn you, moms, if you see half a gallon of milk disappearing from your refrigerator, check it out. Watch out. This is not an endorsement by any means. This next one scares me probably one of the most. But, uh, you know, again, human ability. I don't know how they figure these things out. But here's a guy who looks pretty reasonable. And let's see what trick he, what talent he learned that he had, what his shape led to. Uh, sir, I'm going to stop a ceiling fan with my tongue. Excellent idea. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... He does it. Amazing. Again, do not do this at home. If next week I see some of you with Band-Aids on your tongues coming into church, I'm going to know what you were up to. And uh, for now, there's just one more. This one, is, I mean, just buckle up, get controlled, be ready for this. Kimberly Goodman from Chicago, Illinois, bugging out her eyes. Here she is. Wow. And the eyes, watch this. Did she figure out she's got that gift? I don't know where she uses that in her local church, but somehow she uses that. So all of us are wired with some unique things. We bring some actions, some abilities to the table. God has shaped us, and we need to slow down and take inventory of our lives and see what those are. I know when I was younger, now I'm not as young, I used to really enjoy the fact that uh, I got to use backpacking, winter camping, uh, skiing, canoeing, and big long bike trips. I loved doing those things, and I just loved doing them, and I'd bring a bunch of kids with me. And so I was using who God had made me to be to do those kinds of things. So it doesn't take much to start to say, how has God wired me? And God uh, it doesn't just do this to get something done. I hope you hear me say that over and over again. When you and I aren't living out of how God has shaped us, how God has made us, if we're not living out of our sweet spot, we're going to find that there's an emptiness in our life. If you're a Christ follower, if you've said yes to Christ, entered into a relationship with God through what Christ has done, God has joined your life through the Holy Spirit, something's off a little bit if you're not giving away your life. So again, it's not us filling a job per se as a church, as a community. It's that you're not going to be completely satisfied with your life. Again, if you're a Christ follower, Christ gave us the example of serving. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. He served to show us that you and I are to serve. So you and I are never in our sweet spot unless we're giving our life away in serving. So it's more about where you're at in your makeup and your well-being psychologically, spiritually, soul-wise than it is about getting something done. Paul writes this to the church 
in uh, uh, the, the Galatians, he writes this, Make careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Someone this week was talking to me about a, a flying event and how we could uh, plug into that and, and all that. Uh, Don, who's uh, watching online today because he can't be here for knee replacement kind of work. Uh, but anyway, he was talking about this event and made me remember Leon Olds back in South Portland. He was a retired boiler guy, and that doesn't sound like much, but running boilers at the hospital and all these places is a big deal. And so he was very smart, uh, but he was also into flying. And what he would do is he would save his money, and when he had enough money, he would rent a plane and go flying. And he would take kids with him from Awana, from the children's ministry. And it was funny. These kids would have to agree, sign all these papers, you know, flying with Leon. Sometimes his parents would go with him. And one of the things they had to do back in the day is he would give them a videotape, a video, a VHS. Remember those little cassette things, you know, and they would have to watch it. And it was all about how to land the plane in case Leon had a heart attack. Now, he had no heart history, but he was just worried that maybe he'd get up flying and all of a sudden he'd have a problem. And he wanted those people in the plane to be able to at least land the plane. I said, Leon, you just saying that means that I'm never going to go flying with you. But people did. I, I mean, he took hundreds of people flying, kids. And again, that was him using who he was. He was being creative. Who would have thought of that? But that's the way he used his life to make a difference, one, one of the major ways. So when you think of who you are, don't let the but, don't let the reason that I don't know what to do become this big chasm you can't cross. Take stock of who you are, how God has made you, your experiences, then sink yourself into it. It shouldn't be a lot of work. Uh, the only danger when I'm talking about these things is sometimes you and I are so consumer-minded being in the United States that if it doesn't fit perfectly with us, we don't do it. But believe it or not, every once in a while, you and I have to do things just because they need to get done. So, like, I really don't like emptying the dishwasher at the house. I'm not gifted for that. Don't have a spiritual gift. Don't have anything like that. But somehow when I tell Cindy that I'm not shaped or that's not my sweet spot, I still need to empty the dishwasher. So, so don't take this so far that you're not going to do anything. If you say, yeah, I'm like that Leon guy, and the only way I'm going to do give my life away is if I fly planes. Well, you know, you know think about that through. So, so, but find who you are and then sink yourself into that. Some of this is very familiar to you, and but I. So when I was thinking about this, praying about this week, uh, some of these ideas are new and fresh to a number of you. Uh, I, I enjoy that fact. Some of it uh, for us, it's it's, it's re remembering, reflective. But it, I'm hoping that for those of you who've heard these concepts before, it confirms in your life, in your heart, how you can give your life away. So it's just a confirmation, and it's also a time to stop and take inventory. You say, hey. How am I using my life? Are there some places that are off? Maybe I need to grow in this area and maybe I need to turn uh, some things around. So uh, a part of this idea is this idea of embracing your shape. Uh, there's some books written on this. If you've ever read, read, read um, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, there's a section on this in that. 
Uh, it's kind of become the uh, standard out there for understanding who you are and giving your life away. Uh, you know, so anyway, so embrace your shape. And uh, this idea comes, uh, you know, out of the scriptures. Uh, your hands shaped me and made me God active in our creation. Uh, who we are, you're not by accident how you're wired and all that goes along with that. Uh, we also read in Isaiah, we read, the people I made, especially for myself, are people custom made. Uh, have you ever thought of the fact that you are custom made? God has made you, placed you in the place you're at. All of that is a part of his thinking with you. You're in the perfect spot. I'm so happy I am on the planet after God invented cars. I would not have been good if the only transportation had been horses. I know some of you love horses, but uh, that, you know, I, I'm just so happy about that. So God has you at your place, time, and all of that for a reason. You are custom made for the place you are at. So there's this idea of embracing. So the first letter, some of you already have filled in the blank, is this idea of spiritual gifts. Each of us who have said yes to Christ have at least one spiritual gift, one way to build up the church. And when you hear the word church, I always want you to remember that word is assembly of Christ followers. So we sometimes think of building, location, but when we hear church, it's the local assembly. And then there's a church universal worldwide, and there's even this idea of those who have fallen Christ all through time. But this idea of building up a local church. We talk about this. We all ought to plug into a local church because if we're not plugged in, we can't be all we can be in our relationship with Christ. It is so important. Um, I love this definition. Uh, a spiritual gift is a supernatural, God-given, God-enabled ability to develop a particular capacity for the cause of Christ and the building of his church. And so we have this, this ability, this bent, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, and we can use it to make a difference through a local church. And so each of us, when we've said yes to Christ, have one of these. Now, if you look in the Newer Testament, you're going to see lists here and there. Uh, some people, you know, come up with a list and say there's 13, 11, whatever. It's, it's a concept. The list is not exhaustive. It's just these are ideas you use to build up the church. And we'll talk about there's a little difference between a spiritual gift and ability. Sometimes an ability can turn into a spiritual gift in a sense when we use it for uh, building up the church. But again, sometimes we get so bogged down with parsing all these things that we miss out on doing these things. Don't study all this stuff so long that you never actually end up doing something. It's not meant to be so complex. We use who we are, who God's made us to be, and, and we, we do this. Now, like I said, exhaustive list. It is not an exhaustive list in the New Testament of these are the 13 things, these are the 11 things, and you're looking at the list and go, but I have none of those. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It just means here's a sampling. Like, I would think that this, this ought to be a spiritual gift that is not listed in uh, the New Testament. And the little thing you're going to do for us tonight is what, sir? I'm going to drink uh, milk up my nose and uh, blow it out my eye. <laughs> All right. Go right ahead. Do you want, you want like, a, um, what, a squeegee standing by? Or a, no, that's You want right. a drum roll, Mike? Or? Drum roll might be great. Okay. I'll be right over here. Here we go. 
Drinking it. Oh. He's got a. Oh! Isn't that great? That must be a spiritual gift. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but uh, he can do that. More seriously, let's look at 1 Corinthians. We read, and now I will write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of us. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's all the same Holy Spirit who's the source of all of them. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate with God's Spirit. We read on, God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere. God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirit and all kinds of people. So the idea here is that each of us have one of those if you've said yes to Christ. So actually, the local church is missing out when you're not expressing it. It's almost like a puzzle. And there's all these pieces, and you've got this beautiful puzzle. And no one likes to do a puzzle when you know there's three or four pieces missing. It affects how beautiful it is. And like, like, wow, isn't this beautiful? You don't get those ones matted when there's a piece missing. So likewise, in a local church, there's all, this isn't all by accident. Hopefully you're not here because you just like the coffee or the air conditioning or the seats are comfortable or whatever. Hopefully you buy into the expression of God's mission for this local church. And so you're sitting at the table with something to contribute because it's good for your soul and it's good for who you are and it's also good for this local church. And God the Spirit hands out all these things, again, not by accident. Now, Mecklenburg uh, Church down in North Carolina actually has a really nice online, take you maybe 15 minutes if you want to kind of walk through that just to kind of figure these things out. I love that there's larger churches of like five, ten thousand. 10,000. Some of them are 20,000, and they make their resources available to a church like ours. So uh, Life Church with Greg Rochelle does that. Uh, there's many others. And uh, this is James Emery White. Uh, he has a really good blog he sends out probably weekly. Uh, but uh, anyway, so you have this right there in your notes. Uh, those of you who know what a QR code is, you can just do that. And it takes you to that page. You can read through that. There's a little test. There's a scorecard and all of that. Uh, Megan has some printed out of guest services if you're not into the QR code thing. And you can get a start on that. You can say, I want to say yes, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. This will help you. In a half an hour at Mass, you'll have some more ideas. There won't be, most, for most of us, they won't be surprises to us, but it'll just re-emphasize who we are, who God has made us into be, as we have a relationship with Christ, what things. And I, I know for myself, uh, when I uh, started off in, in ministry, I would say one of my spiritual gifts was administration. Uh, I am not naturally an organized person. Some of you know me, go, how can that be? I would say that's a spiritual gift. I uh, extrovert, love to run, love to run around, do things, jumping from one thing to another and not being organized about anything. But I found that that is a part of God's gifting in my life is to be just a little bit more organized. So you, you, you walk through these things and some things might go, aha, you might have somebody close to you help you with this a little bit, but it shouldn't take forever. 
It should, they should be, I want to say yes, but I don't know what to do. I, I think that should happen pretty quickly uh, for, for most of us. Uh, we read in uh, Ephesians, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same way. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us has given, each of us has given his own gift. The idea, again, that each one of us has a spiritual gift. Then there's this also this idea when you look at shape, there's the next one. It would be heart. What do you have a passion for? I, I think God loves to use who we, what we have a passion for. Yes, there will be times where you don't have a passion for it, and you discover, and all of a sudden your heart changes. Or there will be some times where you do something you really don't like doing, but it needs to be done. So again, don't become so consumer-minded driven that you don't, don't do these things that need to be done. Sometimes the windows need to be washed. No one likes to wash the windows, but it needs to be done. But what are the main things you have a heart for? I think God's given you that heart to express it and just following it. It's supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be organic. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. So take, just ask yourself, what am I passionate about? If you're not passionate about anything, then I would start to slow down and go, why am I not passionate about? Why isn't there something that kind of jazzes me, energizes me? What's going on in my heart? What's going on in my life? There ought to be some things that just kind of like, wow, you're, you're kind of like into that. And sometimes you and I can be just come numb to the world. We see what's going on in the world. We've been beat up a little bit, maybe beat up by a church. Other Christians are hurt, and we're just kind of numb to the whole thing. We're just going through the motions, and there isn't any passion. There isn't any heart in our life. Well, that's not what God intends. God intends for us to have heart and passion, so we need to peel back the layers of our heart and check out what is going on. First Peter says, as a face is reflected in the water, so a heart reflects the person. So if there's no passion in your life, then you need to figure out some heart surgery there to see why that's the case. Why do you feel that way? But normally, your heart, what goes wow, energizes you. Uh, maybe it's technology. Uh, uh, you know, maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's, uh, you know, I just don't. Maybe you really like kids. Maybe you like coming out. Whatever really just uh, gives you passion. Uh, you like doing finance stuff. You like adding numbers up, and they all come together, and you go, wow. Balancing the checkbook is like the most fabulous thing for you in your life. For me, I've never balanced a checkbook. Not on my radar. Fortunately, Cindy tolerates doing it because somebody has to do it. But again, maybe that's your passion. You love having all the numbers work out. Whatever that may be, your heart reflects who you are. Again, this isn't supposed to be painful. Sometimes in church circles, we've heard this thing, never say never, because that's what you'll end up doing. You ever heard that? Oh, I'll never go to the mission field. And then all of a sudden, you see some guy three years later, I'm in the mission field. I said, I'd never go. And you're like, never say that. Please never think that or, or never say it. That's not the way God works. A lot of times there's some other things going on. A lot of times that person was already leaning in that direction. They just didn't want to go in that direction, and, and they weren't surrendering, and there's some other things going on. But it's not like God looks at your life and goes, what are the things that Dave Spencer hates to do? That's what I'm going to make him do. It just, it's not that way. It's organic. The heart reflects your person. Also, we need to look at our abilities. What natural abilities do you have? What just, you know, does well? I mean, again, you know, 
You don't want to ask me to come over and try to put anything mechanical together at your house. If you're having a drywall party, you don't want any showing up. You don't want any of that stuff. Semi-strong back, weak mind. So you want me doing those kinds of things when it comes to that. But abilities, what natural abilities do you have? Back in Exodus, the Older Testament, all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stone, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Some of you are very crafty. That's your ability. You use those abilities. You say, what am I good at? And you naturally lean that way. I've given ability to all skilled workers to make everything I've commanded. Older Testament, they're building the tabernacle, uh, eventually they build the temple, all those kinds of things, all those skilled workers. Uh, There's some of you that are artists with uh, just with craft kinds of things, with with building things. A friend of mine is helping put a closet in our house, and he's just a master at it. One time I asked him to do something else. I said, yeah, I think I'd do this and do it this way. He's like, what are you talking about, Dave? That's like exactly the opposite way to do it. And he was absolutely right. See, abilities, figuring out what that is. And you may say, I don't have any abilities, but that's not true. Uh, Studies show that the average person possesses from 500 to 700 different skills and abilities. Often God will take the natural abilities or skill set of a new Christ follower and infuse these natural abilities with his supernatural giftedness, turning it into a spiritual gift. That's what I talked about. A little confusing, you know, something. Is this a spiritual gift or his ability? Think about it for about five seconds and move on and just start doing something. Don't, don't get hung up on which it is. Uh, he uses it all. Also, there's the idea here of personality that what is your personality how are you wired what do you like to do introvert extrovert some of us are energized by being around people some of us are drained by being around people even some of us who have people jobs we we're doing it and we come home and we're not just physically tired we're emotionally tired uh, one of our daughters is definitely an introvert and so the four of us or the five of us the four of us would come back and the four of us would be like yeah 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 maybe tired and she'd be like I just need to go to my room and not see anybody for two weeks, you know, and it's just completely different. And that's okay. Know who you are. Know your personality. Each of us has a distinct personality. We are custom made. And so uh, I think of this one example. And uh, this girl is just a sweetheart. And you can see her personality come through in her ability. It's more about her personality than even what she is doing. Little trick you have tonight. What is your trick, Morgan? I can, I will blow up this balloon with my nose and I hold it with my toes. Well, first of all, I know medically if you blow up a balloon with your nose, your brain will explode. What a great personality, huh? The ability really didn't matter. Her personality matters. God has wired us all differently. Your personality matters. God wants to use it. So God created my innermost being or inmost being, and that's the idea of my personality, my emotional makeup. It just didn't happen. It just didn't kind of like just grow up and there it is it's it's he created that he's a part of that process 
that's why we come back as a church family. We're very pro-life. We believe that when uh, conception takes place, God is in action at that moment, creating the innermost of that little child. And so that's so important to us that he's in that design. That is a baby. That is a human being. That human being has value at any age or stage. And so that's really important to us. And uh, for those of you still thinking about that and all of that, you know, if it's just even a possibility that that's a little human being, just a possibility, then I would think we would opt to not cross that line for protection. So a lot of things in life you go, well, I won't do that because it's possible this could happen that way. And all of a sudden it's not going to happen. So even if you're still coming to terms with it, if it's just a slight possibility that little life and forget about that and get right with God God works through different people in different ways but it's the same God who achieves his purpose through them all again different kinds of people now there's a little can be a little controversy with this these enneagram type persons you can take this too far not far enough but these are just tools there's all kinds of things i remember one time taking this personality test where they you were all a dog like an animal this person was like a golden retriever this person was like a beaver you know yeah it helps you understand but uh, this one's kind of going around and i know my daughters have dived into this and here's again if you want to look into this this is a free one uh it doesn't mean you have to give your life away uh, you can take a look, and it has, uh, I think it's one through nine. I get so confused because I've taken so many of these tests. I don't know whether I'm coming or going, but again, I, you know, just how it kind of kind of helps you figure out who you are, reinforces that, so I'd encourage you to, to take a look at that. Um, also, there's the idea of experiences, your triumphs, your failures, your heartaches. So you take a look at your experiences life, and that affects your shape. All of us have had different experiences. Some very positive, and that helps shape us. Some very negative, and we look at all those experiences, and we try to figure that out, uh, which reminds me of this last, uh, you know, stupid human trick. Uh, this is going to be scary for many of you, but uh, there must have been a lot of experiences behind this, a lot of failures and headaches, I would say, and eventually uh, a triumph, because here he is on the Dave Letterman Show. Hey, go right ahead, sir. Blowing uh, bubbles with a tarantula in his mouth. Here we go. <laughs> Has it, has it got the stinger in it and everything? Well, you could you could drop dead right here, couldn't you? How do you? My buddy. How do you figure that out? I don't know. How do you do that? Somehow he, I I would imagine you know he had some experience. I don't know. Please don't do that. Any bug in your mouth? Please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But uh, you get the idea. So we have experiences. Remember today what you've learned about the Lord through your experiences with him. So all of us have had experiences with God, and we've learned about him. He involves himself in our life. We were all your experiences wasted. I hope not. Good, positive, different. Think about who you are. God has put some of those experiences into your life so you can come alongside somebody else and help them out through a difficult time or help them out through a good time. Sometimes there might be somebody who's on top of the world and you've been on top of the world and you've not handled it the right way. 
actually come alongside someone and explain to them, hey, yeah, I've been there before. I, you know, everything was clicking, and I needed to, you know, have a little humility. I was a little arrogant about all the good things that were happening in my life, and, uh, you know, you need to watch out for that. Uh, you need to understand that. So look at all your experiences. Don't waste them. A couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, we said don't waste any painful experiences. Get something positive out of it. Uh, just be able to use it to come alongside somebody else and help them out. So there's all kinds of experiences. I've got like six listed here. There's family experiences. Some of that's really positive. That's some of that's helping you as you have created a family with somebody else and you're married and you, you know, you're, you're raising these kids and some, and some of that's caused you, I'll never be that way. But use those. Don't, don't forget about those. Educational experiences, you know, what do I do with my education? Uh, just looking at those and not wasting any of them. Obviously, there's vocational work experiences. What have I learned from work? And, and, and I don't want to waste those and techniques and ideas and, and how to interact on a team, all those kinds of things. Uh, spiritual experiences obviously goes without uh, saying, then there's uh, ministry experiences. There's the things you've experienced in ministry, and you can build on them and use them and leverage them. You're not going to waste them. And then obviously, lastly, there's painful experiences. And often it takes some time, but eventually some of those painful experiences you can use to come along somebody else and help them. Don't waste those tragedies that have happened in your life. I've showed you the clip from, I'm going to, her name fails me right now, uh, the surfer who lost her arm. You remember that? What's her name? Bethany, yes. And I don't know if a few years later there was a model that uh, was taking a shot and uh, doing her modeling and a plane came too close and hit her with a propeller. Do you remember that? And she lost like her eye and all these kinds of things. Well, Bethany came alongside that person and, and just used her experience to touch that person's experience. No one would have well wanted that for Bethany, but she, instead of just kind of being bogged down and, and just letting life defeat her, she actually used one of her most painful situations and came alongside somebody else and helped them through it to get to the other side and to live with what all that means. So um, Henry Nguyen says this, ask what has wounded you is like asking what has made you. So some of our wounds have made us into who we are. Some of our wounds have, we're, we're walking with a limp and we, we don't even know it and, and, and we actually are a little uh, toxic. But we need to work through that and go, wait a minute, how has this event, this painful event affected me and how can I use it rather than be, uh, you know, a part of the problem? How can I be a part of the solution? So when we think about our shape and we think of all those kinds of things, we need to understand that we can lean into our sweet spot. Since we have found ourselves fashioned in all these excitingly formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, the church, everyone has a different role. Let us go ahead and be what we were made to be. Paul likens the church body as like a human body. Some of us are eyes. Some of us are, are feet, you know, knees, hands, all these kinds of things. And it all works together. And go ahead and be what we've made to be and be a sweet spot. 
The other day, somebody came alongside me, and, and they, it was actually encouraging to me because they came along and said, Dave, you really love what you do. I said, I guess I do. I love doing what I do. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that, I get to live out of my sweet spot. And I don't think that's just reserved for pastors or missionaries. Or all of us can live out of our sweet spot so we can lean into it. So when we take that, we look at the opportunities. Some of you have been through next, have seen this graph. Opportunities, what God put in your path. Uh, sometimes there's opportunities. Sometimes we miss them. I, I, I really kind of kick myself when I'm not being a little reflective because, again, that's not naturally who I am. I want to be reflective and I want to see things so I see the opportunities. I don't want to miss the opportunities. Uh, somebody was uh, at, a, at the wedding yesterday or Friday and had never been in the church before. I was talking about the church and this is wonderful. And, and it just went, yeah, well, thank you. Da, 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 da. And then afterwards I'm going, wait a minute, I should have said you ought to come some Sunday. I just missed the opportunity. So I sent him a text a day later and said, hey, you know, da, 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 and hopefully, you know, I connected with him. But again, those kind of moments, uh, watching for those moments, looking for those opportunities, there's those kinds of things. And then there's just the big opportunities, something that really changes the course of our life, our direction, a job change, a whatever change, something, uh, maybe a habit that is going to have such compounded effect in our life if we can just add this two or three minute habit to the day uh, then all of a sudden six months later a year later it, it, it makes a huge difference Cindy uh, hurt her back a few years ago and went to the physical therapist which sometimes I think is like a torture person right you know they give you all these exercises to do charge your physical therapist and sometimes I go man if I did everything they told me to do I would never have time to leave the house but anyway that all said and done Cindy does her back exercises like every single night. I go like, where are you? And all of a sudden I can hear she's on the floor doing these you know, things and doing, you know, you know, it's just every day for three or four minutes and it is making a difference. So there's all these kinds of habits and that's just a, a physical thing, but there's all spending time with God, taking all these into account, looking at these so it actually changes, looking at the opportunities you and I have in life. Our gifts, again, our talents, our shape. Uh, what talents has God given you? God's given each one of us abilities and talents. If you don't think you have any, your eyes are closed because you've got to have some. I can't believe there's somebody on the planet that doesn't have anything to offer. Reflect who they are. Reflect how God has made them. Passions, what do you get excited about? What makes you jump out of bed in the morning because this is what you're doing? And you put that all together and you have a sweet spot. And again, I, I, I really want to emphasize this idea that it's not about being consumer driven with the way we serve. Use who you are, but don't let that limit you from doing something that might be outside that. Sometimes you discover something new. Or sometimes you're just serving, and it is a sacrifice. You don't like doing that, but you're going to do it. You don't have a bad attitude about it. You just lean in and do it. But there ought to be most of our life can be serving out of our sweet spot. I've used this uh, bottom line before, but I, I really think it's true. Uh, I think it's uh, something that needs to be emphasized in our life. It seems relatively simple, 
repentance life is profound when it's fully lived out and explained in our life. Uh, preparation without expression causes depression. Some of us are bordering on depression, disappointment, sadness in our life. And the reason is because we're not giving our life away. If you are a Christ follower, you ought to be giving your life away. Not to get a job done, but because it's who you are. It's who you are. You need to be who God has made you to be. And when you are prepared, when God has made you and given you these experiences, this shape, and you don't do it, express it, it weighs you down. And, uh, you know, just the other day I was listening to somebody else talk and I like to listen to a lot of messages and talking about someone who had a really severe illness that wasn't going to take their life, but it just, in a sense, ruined their life. And their answer, and, and, and it wasn't Pollyanna, it wasn't a positive thinking, is they realized this pain in their life, they took it and uh, just started serving other people. And they said it was unbelievable. They still have this pain. They still have this, it, it never goes away, but it takes their eyes off their pain themselves and puts it on somebody else. And life now is exciting and fresh in new ways. And this just wasn't happening in this person's life for a week or a month. It's, it's now been a year or two, and this is their direction. And uh, it's changed everything because they've taken their eyes off themselves and put them on others. And that really is back to the New Testament. What does Jesus say? Love God and love others. And so when you and I are loving God, it gets expressed in loving others. When we love God but don't express it in loving others, it, 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 it lives, puts our heart in friction and in tension. He has shaped each person in turn. Now he watches everything we do. First, I was going to go, did I even put that verse in there? That's kind of like a guilt verse, you know. Oh, no, you know. But, but he's watching us. He wants to join us in life. He wants to celebrate us. He wants to give us a pat on the shoulder and go, that a boy. He wants to have that kind of relationship with us. So he's watching how we live our life. We pray, Lord, lift my spirit. Give me satisfaction. Give me joy. And he goes, I've shaped you in a certain way, and I'm watching you do it, and you're wasting it. You're missing it. There's a little story about... Uh, a guy who is really into uh, military stuff, and he gets to heaven, and he asks St. Peter, who is the best general military mind in the planet? And I used to read when I was on the planet Earth, and I'd just like to come and find and meet him. And he goes, you wouldn't believe it. That guy is right there, sitting there. He goes, wait a minute, I know that guy. That guy's from my town. He wasn't, didn't have anything to do with military stuff. St. Peter goes, yeah, he could have been the greatest military mind ever, but he never used who he was. Let's pray together. Grace Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for uh, just the fact that you've made us. I pray that there's anyone here that has never said yes to you even in this moment. They'd see the hole in their heart and realize they can't be filled by anything, anyone but you. And I pray that they would place their trust in you even in this moment. And for those of us who have placed our trust, those of us who would say we're Christ followers, help us to figure out who you've made us to be 
Help us not to take forever to do that. Amen. Help us to throw ourselves into it and find the satisfaction and joy that comes from it. We thank you for loving us. We're thankful that you include us in your plan. You include us in this little local piece of the planet that fingers us and give us something to do and express who you are in it. May we find unbelievable joy by walking with you into it. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.